This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future experience with it. Today's topic was food culture, and our guest was Catherine Spires. We hope you enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Okay, welcome back. This is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafiori. I'm Adam Lustig. And it is episode number 133. 133, Billy. Tally it up. 100 plus Patrick Ewing. We've been Patrick Ewing. Arguably the sweatiest man in the NBA's history. Knee pads. And it's uh, that's kind of appropriate because I'm sweating my ass off. I'm sweating my and your ass off it's together a, right now. It's hot in Los Angeles. It has been, it's like almost like, it's like special hot. It's yeah. always hot, but yeah. like this week is like special hot. Growing up in Long Island, yes. you are around certain phrases that you think the rest of the country <laughs> says yes there's goons and gorillas who own real estate and land goons <laughs> and yeah. they say goonish things yes so one thing i thought was just a common phrase yes in america yes was i'm sweating my tits off sweating my tits off right you thought that that was a nationally accepted phrase for it's super hot i was saying i'm sweating my tits off yep. before i knew what tits were yes you got it so to you it's just like it's hot i'm sweating whatever these things are off of me I mean, sweat even... droplets could have been called tits but, when I was seven. You I know. have no idea. You don't know. I just knew that I was sweating my tits off. That's what they say at the pizzeria. Grew up, learned what tits were. Yes. Realized that I didn't necessarily have them. Right. In ways, I guess. Yes. But you get it. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, and now when I hear someone say I'm sweating my ass off, yes. suddenly I'm like, oh. That's what I could have been saying. And that's just the cousin of the phrase. That's right. So the national phrase is I'm sweating my ass off. Yes. Long Island. Sweating my tits. That feels a little regional. So there's just a little... Welcome a little, to our language podcast. A little yeah, tit yeah. tip. A little tit tip for the people at home. <laughs> yes. A little summer tit tip That's from your it. boy, Bill. That's it. That's right. Well, Billy, we are both sweating our tits on our ass off today. That's right. Okay, this is easily the dirtiest podcast we've recorded yet. We said 133. We said the T word. <laughs> um, we are very, very grateful to be joined today uh, by a wizard of a guest. Um, we are talking to host of the Smart Math Podcast and general food expert and wonderful human being... And my neighbor. Your neighbor, that's right. And my freaking neighbor, that's folks. Right. That's going to bring in new audience members. Neighbors. So keyword neighbor. Silver Lake. Pay attention. Okay. Because we are talking to Catherine Spires. Boom. Hi, Catherine. Hello. Hi. Hi. And she's in, folks. Yeah. <laughs> she's now into the banter brigade. Yes. Here I am. Yeah. I'm actually going through a lot of feelings because the Headcom studio bathroom yes. has a squatty potty yes. just in it. Yeah. Which is kind of luxurious. Oh, well, that, okay, that's not what I was thinking. Oh, okay. What were you thinking? Well, you people are just comfortable with bodily functions and acknowledging them in front of your coworkers. <laughs> oh, this is wait, horrifying. But you're not pooping on the squatty potty. It's literally a footstool. It, it suggests pooping. It suggests pooping. But are you not aware that the entire bathroom experience suggests pooping? One would the, say that just the bathroom in and of itself. What about toilet paper? Does, are you offended by toilet paper? You're acknowledging the truth bodily of it in a way that I cannot well, handle. I'm, I'm just trying to unpack why you're so thrown off by suggestion of poop in a bathroom. Because we are in a workplace. Yes. Okay. There are certain things that we do not acknowledge <laughs> really? with our coworkers. Really? Bile, scatological exactly. things. Exactly. I think you're giving HeadGum too much credit as being a traditional workplace. <laughs> they have a podcast called Duty Calls. Um, and it's 
hosted yes. by Doug Mand and Jack Dolgen, where people share their worst duty experiences. Yes. And they oh. gifted, they gifted, yeah. Catherine is having an allergic reaction <laughs> right now. Yeah. Her ears just fell off. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what my problem is. And in a way, it's sort of an issue or something to think about maybe. I am a food writer. Yes. Do not talk to me about the results of consuming I was yeah. just going to say, I, it's sort of the other side of it in I a way. I cannot. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. You've always been anti-poop? Yes, very much so. <laughs> you own a dog. I well, you we know, know that you're picking I know, up that This doo-doo. is so interesting. I uh, I have a hard time dog sitting other dogs. If I am not in love with this dog yeah. as though it were a human child, I'm like, I can't. I, I don't want to. But what about like your first week of owning the dog? You didn't have such a close relationship yet. Were you like, I can't pick up your poop yet. I don't love you yet. You know, I actually think this is why like we allow ourselves to think dogs are children. Because okay. yes. you have to love them on that level in order to do all these horrifying Unconditional. things. Unconditional. Yes. In the butthole. Yes. <laughs> yep. Inside of it. Yeah. Oh, God. Now I'm freaking. Again. Yeah. Yes. I do believe that Squatty Potty was a gift from uh, Doug and Jack. That is I right. say from the Duty Calls podcast. That's right. I think yeah. that if Clever I had marketing. one in my home, I would still hide it when not yes. in use. So yes. you 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 experience poop shame. <laughs> 1,000%. Self-admitted, though. Okay. Yes. You're very yeah. open about it. No, I mean, I. this is actually kind of therapeutic for me yeah, a little bit. So be, yeah, I, yeah I can't. Sure. I don't want to acknowledge bodily functions. I simply do not want to I guess I, I guess I understand, except that it would make more sense to me if you found a Squatty Potty in the fridge. Or something where it's like, hey, this is a little deeply, out of this is deeply inappropriate. <laughs> the fridge. It's like the squatty that potty was disgusting. next to a toilet. Yeah, a squatty potty. For those who don't know, is you sit on the toilet. Yes. Whether you, I assume it's for taking a doo doo. That's right. And <laughs> you it rests in front, and you put your feet on top of it like Correct. a little step stool. Correct. And apparently, what it does is it folds your body in such a way that now the water slide is perfect Helps for doo doo extraction. Helps the angle. That's right. <laughs> yep. Maggie yeah. swears by them. So yeah. So but not I'm not to, saying not they're wrong. I'm yeah, just yeah, yeah. saying that you were they're thrown off, and now you are forced to talk about yes. them. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I had to really work through my feelings before we could move before we on. get in, yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, well, this isn't the Duty Calls podcast. Yeah, yeah. This is the No Joke podcast. We don't usually talk about tits and duty this much, but here we are. But look, every, every day's a new day. But here we are. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We contain multitudes. Um, but within Los Angeles, there has been some news recently, some sad news. Yeah. Uh, someone who really brought neighborhoods together, yes. shined a light on uh, restaurants that might not be getting the press that they deserve, Yes. was a man named Jonathan Gold. Yes. Um, Adam, Catherine, can you enlighten me a little bit more on who Jonathan Gold was? Catherine most certainly can. I had this very sort of unique or uh, not even bizarre experience, but I was sort of culturally vaguely aware of Jonathan Gold, frankly, through Catherine and through Marina and through like other food literate friends. Mm -hmm. Didn't really, I'm not a foodie myself, but I found myself like really deeply moved and sort of like having this experience of like losing a role model that I didn't even realize I I had or something like that because he was so sort of like emblematic of so many values that I think that I have, like cultural curiosity and sort of journalistic generosity. Yeah. So um, for those who aren't in Los Angeles, can you kind of give a a cursory example of who Jonathan Gold was or what he meant to the city, Catherine? So Jonathan Gold was a restaurant critic, Mm -hmm. which in a lot of places means a certain thing. I think sort of a rarefied world that maybe isn't of interest to people who can't afford to eat eat out a, a lot. Yes. But in Los Angeles... It, it means something very different. And he's also like the standard by which every other food writer is yeah, judged, which yeah. is terrifying and horrible <laughs> for the rest of us. Um, but he, uh, he, he started in the 1980s and he was actually a musician and he started as a music writer. And right. he kind of brought a lot of that same cultural consideration yeah. to food writing. And it's the sort of thing where, you know, if uh, someone – 
knows about food writing now reads food articles now, they're like, well, of course you talk about culture. Right, right. That just wasn't the case that back wasn't then. Sort of the oh, standard. how interesting. Yeah. yeah. So it's something that seems so obvious now, but I think he can get almost all of the credit. Of course, he had his forebears, too. Yes. And there's people who set him up to yes. knock it out of the park. Yes. But he really spoke to people in a different way about food that made it more interesting to people who aren't necessarily interested in like what a filet mignon tastes like. Yeah, which right. frankly, what, you don't need to know about that. Yeah. Who cares? Yes. He talked about why restaurants existed in yeah. LA and why neighborhoods had evolved in the way that they had. Yeah. And things like that. And um, I also think that he maybe wouldn't have been as uh, – accepted as quickly mm. in a different city. I think there is mm. something about Los Angeles where the way that we think about food is part of our overall creative culture. Interesting. Why do you think that – do you think that's something that's unique to L.A.? Or like why specifically Los Angeles does food have this sort of greater cultural sort of weight or implications I think, or something? I think L.A. was – more ready to think about it hmm. that way. And I think other cities think about it that way as well. Hmm. But I do think that Los Angeles is um, an interesting place. Yeah. And there's literally people from all over the world. And yeah. partly that's because like it's interesting people want to come to Los Angeles. But it's partly just because of like geographically where we are in the Pacific Rim. Yes. Mm -hmm. People come literally Many from all over the world. from everywhere. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot going on. And I do think that, you know, um, a, a lot of – there's – kind of a joke about like no one's a native to Los Angeles. Yes. People come here. We're three people in this room who moved here That's right. intentionally. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I do think that a lot of people who move here intentionally have the sense of like, well, I'll be danged what an interesting town yeah. this is. Right. Yeah. So we're kind of like, well, that's the kind of food I've never heard of. Yeah. I should check that out. Yeah. But to Jonathan Gold's credit, I will say that like as a transplant to Los Angeles, it's so easy for me to just drive past strip malls. Yes. Just drive past Los Angeles. There's there's so many pockets of just like Nothing, quote unquote, shiny. Come here, look at this, and it's very easy to just blow past yeah. strip yeah. malls and all these places. What Jonathan Gold did for me, a transplant, was tell me where to stop. He yes. started shining a light and being like, yes. "I know it's between a Seven Eleven and a laundromat. That's what makes it good. You, yeah. But you yeah. do <laughs> want to go into that El Salvadorian restaurant. Yes, yes. And it's that's such a cool. It's like it shouldn't need a stamp of approval, but there is something to be said for him giving one, so that pe people who would just blow past it. We'll stop. Yes. Yeah. You know? And that's such a special thing. It's such yeah. a community organizer in a funny way. <laughs> Absolutely. Truly. Meet and your neighbors. Yes. Yeah. And the thing that sort of like his initial making his name for himself was eating at every restaurant on Pico Boulevard. That's right. So he took like a year of his yes. life or something like that yeah. and he literally went, went to every place. Wild. Not the places he had heard of yes. or the places that like had a separate dessert menu. Yes. He just went to every single one. And Pico for the geography of Los Angeles spans fairly the entire city. I mean, it's yeah, what, from the downtown to the beach. Yeah, the county even. Wow. Yeah, because wow. it extends throughout. So LA County is wild if you ever look at a map. There's yeah. all kinds of different cities and nothing makes sense. Yes. And so it's, I believe it's the whole county or almost yeah. all of it. Yeah. yeah. And also, you know, something that a lot of visitors say, and I don't disagree with them, is LA is not an easy nut to crack. Yeah. No way. Because it's so sprawling. Yeah. Because it's mini mall. No exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yes. Opaque. And in a lot yeah. of places, uh, uh, a lot of other cities, a place that's worth visiting is going to look like it's worth yeah, visiting. Exactly. Boy, is that not true here. That's right. It's true. Everything yeah. is dusty. <laughs> you gotta dig. And one story. Yeah. Very unimpressive you're, looking. You're totally right. Yeah. That's yeah. not right. The, there's a movie, a documentary about him called City of Gold. Yes. So is good. that right? Yeah. Yes. Um, I remember watching that and 
A, falling in love with who he is as a man. Just as a person. How he extracts culture from food. How he can shine a light on a certain type of person based on the food they prepare. It was also beautiful. There's one talking point that somebody brought up, and it was a daughter whose parents were kind of going through, mm-hmm. the restaurant might be dying mm-hmm. soon. We mm-hmm. don't know how to break through to a new audience. Mm-hmm. Our demographic is fading. Mm-hmm. And she said something along the lines of, Jonathan Gold came there one day, unannounced, then wrote about the restaurant, and the next day, yeah. there were white people yes. in the restaurant. Yeah. And as yes. funny as that sounds, they're like, that is unreal for us to have yeah. white people come mm-hmm. frequent our mm-hmm. restaurant. That's and in this dusty strip mall. And it's yeah. like, in such a sensitive time, you know, when it's just like, it feels like there's so much like black and white and bipartisanship and yeah. all this sort of like, it's just so nice to hear that there was somebody who could so easily be like, yeah. it's safe to meet your neighbors. Yeah. And Jonathan Gold really seemed Whew. to have yes. that, like, above all, meet your neighbors, it's better. Yeah. So, better. listen, I do think that there's going to be people who write about, like, Jonathan Gold in the coming years who are going to be like, you know, there's, it's actually problematic if you think about it in this way, because people love a think piece. Right. Like it, to be contrarian. Yes, yeah. yes. And it sometimes is a little bit awkward if you think about him in a certain light. He's like, oh, he was holding people's hands, like all these scared people. It's a nice thing, but it's I, – I don't know. There's like a lot of weirdness that goes into yeah. it. Again, thinking about how like we're used to people trying to emulate his style of food writing. Yes. Now it's just what we see. But it's also like thinking about like, oh, it's this white man who yeah. led us yes. in this yes. way. But to counter yes. that, I need my handheld. Fair, fair. <laughs> you know what fair. I mean? It's like, and I mean that, like, that's not even like a, yeah. um, that's not an argument. Like, honestly, like, I need someone to be like, hey, Billy, you're not as adventurous as you should be. Right. You're not going to walk into a store that you don't know anything about. So let me hold your hand for a yes. second. And now I carry that attitude with yeah. me, you know, of like, maybe I should preach for somebody to go to a different restaurant. Sure. And yeah. you would know better than I, Catherine, but like, I also got the sense from Jonathan Gold's writing that he was not oblivious to that fact of like the, I am a white man in the world, like expl- sort of like um, with a vast amount of cultural curiosity going to these other culture restaurants and sampling the food and like exploring the culture and he did seem like he always brought a sort of a historical context to yeah. his writing. Yeah. I think he was relatively self-aware yeah. as, as white men go. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a low bar. <laughs> yeah, 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 right, yeah. right. And he <laughs> surpassed it easily. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think he was so well-intentioned yeah. and he's such a kind person too yeah. and, uh, you know, to people he actually knew but also to these restaurants mm-hmm. that yeah. if he wanted to write about and I actually think, I wonder what which came first because he had a thing about not writing purely negative reviews. Yeah. And uh, hmm. did he – was that because, like, he he's such a caring person? Yeah. Or I don't know. It's – it's yeah. he, he really was thinking about it in a different way, which he had to because he was writing about mom and pops. Right. If you're writing about places with, like, a publicist budget, like, who yeah. cares? Eviscerate right. him. Doesn't and matter. you're right about, like, the critic. He was more like a restaurant celebrator than a critic. Yes. It was, like, the, criti- the criticism element was because he would not re- – if he didn't like a restaurant, he just maybe wouldn't review it. That was sort of it. Or, or – If it was a little – Generally. So if yeah. it was a little place that he didn't like, he wouldn't yeah. write about it. Yeah. If it was one of the big name places, there was almost an art to reading Jonathan Gold. Because <laughs> really? he'd never say anything bad – you have to like but, decode but, it. Yeah, it's like, well, but he hasn't said anything good. Right? <laughs> yeah. mm, Read between the lines. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of people didn't like that. They huh. thought that he did. there was no teeth in right. his reviews. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of like how... There's in, plenty of teeth online. Exactly. Yeah. God, if exactly. you're relying on him for teeth, get yeah. a new dentist. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. We have to go into an act break real quick, but just to be clear, he passed away from pancreatic cancer, he did, correct? Yes. And he found out about a month before not even oh, is wow. my understanding right yeah. so uh just moment of silence for the guy who really had a very uh impactful 
life Absolutely. for the town we live in, mm-hmm. and we should all try and carry that kindness with us Definitely. to meet our neighbors and to learn something from them. Amen. This episode won't only be about Jonathan Gold, but right. I'm really glad that we got to talk about him and honor him for a couple minutes. Absolutely. Definitely. We have to go into an act break real yes. quick. A song about gold. We try and figure out songs that uh, somewhat attach yes. to the subject we're talking about one, now. One of the things that I learned about Jonathan Gold recently was that he was a music journalist yeah. and specifically a hip-hop journalist and specifically – NWA. NWA. Yeah. And I learned that Suge Knight wanted him to be like end, his personal and Death Row's like personal in-house journalist. That's oh insane. Gosh. Which he then – he declined. Okay. <laughs> and, but then like Suge Knight always had his respect and like the, they would see each other and Suge Knight would be like, what's up? Got it. Like, wow. He would all <laughs> – Okay. So wow. with that – that. Huge Death Row fan. Yeah. Billy's a huge Death Row fan. So is Adam. There's so many obvious Tupac songs we could play. So yeah. many obvious Dr. Dre songs, Snoop Dogg. We're not going to do that. Great. Let's play Lady of Rage, I Rock, Rough and Stuff with my Afro Puff. Great. Hey! Great. <laughs> Definitely. Those who ain't measuring up, I keep competitive stuff in the mouth with they butt that what you 
want to let up like cash you Don't you know that I will mash you for real That's the deal I'm straight out of farm bill VA So what you gotta say I rock rough and stuff with my Afro pumps I rock rough and stuff with my Afro pumps I rock rough and stuff with my Afro pumps I am the toughest, toughest, toughest. I am the roughest, roughest, roughest. I am the toughest, toughest, toughest. I am the roughest, roughest, roughest. I am the toughest, toughest, toughest. I am the roughest, roughest, roughest. I am the toughest, toughest, toughest. Welcome back to the No Joke Podcast. That was Lady of Rage. I rock rough and stuff. I mean. Records have an A side and they have a B side. Yes. I rock rough and stuff with my Afro Puff is probably like a D or E side. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It needs to be Deep like a, it needs to be like a Rubik's cube yeah. of a record in yes. order for you to find that. Yes. But it bumps. It bumps. And I bet Jonathan Gold loved it. You know he did. You know he'd write a yeah. glowing <laughs> review on Afro Puffs. That's right. I like to think that he liked It Was a Good Day by Ice Cube. Because sure. it talks about going to Fat Burger at two in the morning. Sure. At two in the morning. Yes. yes. Sure. How are you not gonna love that? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but this isn't the Jonathan Gold podcast. Right? No. We have Catherine in uh, yes. studio. So Catherine, I'm curious, like what what was your experience? How do you find yourself in the world of food and mm-hmm. food culture and food reviews? Mm-hmm. What's your story? So actually, I was a very snobby child. Mm. I read <laughs> etiquette start. books for fun. We're going to rewind a little bit. Did <laughs> you say etiquette books? I did. Etiquette books for yeah. fun. So do you have like a saucer on your head? Are you balancing a saucer on your head while you're reading that book? better posture so, uh, now. Um, no, but I know how to like uh, lay down your utensils on your plate so that a waiter knows that you are finished. Okay. No one does that anymore, but I notice when other people don't You were interested it. in that as a kid. Very interested. I can't quite explain where it came from. I also took French. Who did that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of students. <laughs> I think a country of students. <laughs> well, fair, yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Who did that? Uh, I'm asking, who did that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So actually, when I, I my grandparents gave me a subscription to Traveler Magazine when okay. I was like eight years old, and cool. that was my Christmas present every year. It was a renewal. Nice. I was very interested in, let's call it the glossy lifestyle. Okay. Um, nice. Yes. Let's call it that. Let's yeah. call it that. Um, what other thing? are in the glossy lifestyle. Travel, food, mm-hmm. just yes. kind of like high, f- nice. Morocco. Did <laughs> 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 I mention French? Yeah. I know French. Yeah. <laughs> the country of Morocco. Yeah. Sure. The glossiest country Literally of the world. Literally like the concept of Morocco. Exactly. Not the actual. Not the oh, nothing to do with reality. The idea. Yeah. Yes, As someone who's been concepts. to Morocco, stay on the magazine. Right, right, right exactly. Right, right, yes. right, right. No, but that's just it. The glossy magazine version sure. of Morocco. Yeah, of this course. was very interesting The dream to me. life. Yes. Sure. I, um, uh, when I wasn't looking through etiquette books, I was looking at books about British royalty. Okay. Yeah. I, w- I gosh, I think I must have been a pill. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just very interested in my extremely limited understanding of the finer things. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And I had grandparents who really indulged that. Yes. In me. So growing up, I thought that I wanted to be a food and travel writer of the sort that doesn't exist anymore just because of the economy. The kind who could have a paid staff position which would allow you to have a home in New York City and then they would pay you to go on vacation and and reimburse you for all of your costs. (laughs) This was something that up into the 90s went on. Existed. That existed. (laughs) That's interesting to me because it feels like we've kind of hit a new version of that. But I want to hear more about your story but I want to get to how that feels like that 
that's kind of coming back now in a different way. Okay. I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Because I'm still curious about yours. Yeah. So I think that just what happened was like um, I matured and mm-hmm. realized that the glossy lifestyle was a mirage and that okay. I wasn't interested in it anyway. And there was different things that I was interested in. And I moved to Los Angeles mm-hmm. where, as we have discussed, the best restaurants were not the yep. fancy looking places. Right. I mean, there are some good ones, but that's not really the thrust that's of right. it. That's, that's right. Yes. Food that's isn't in the fancy places. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. And I'm yeah. super into like things that taste good. Yeah. Wildly enough. Right. Crazy. Yeah, right? <laughs> so it and then also, you know, um Did you write a blog? Like did you have like some sort of like how are you how was your voice even getting out in the first place? Like how does one No, I'm an it? I'm an idiot. I think in like two thousand eight mm-hmm. someone said you should have Twitter and I was like, There's enough people on Twitter. <laughs> What on I know. Yeah, there was what like on earth? 60 people on Twitter. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. All speaking I also thought that the food blog market was oversaturated sure. already. So, And I think also there's this part of me – this is like the one old school journalist thing mm. about me that um, is a huge struggle now mm. is that I'm like, I'm not the story. Right. I tell the story. It has right. nothing to do with me. You don't put yourself inside of it. Sure. So that is something that I was still doing mm. up until about two years ago, that and having ethics. And then I was <laughs> like – this has gotten me nowhere. <laughs> but I'm even curious just about like the baby steps. Like what are your first – how do you get your voice out? Like how does one become uh, a food editor, a former food editor, whatever your title is? Like how do you even get to that seat? So What must you do? I uh, – let's see. I I worked for the Seattle Times in high school. So mm-hmm. I was one of those precocious types there who like mm-hmm. right out of college, people were like, well, look at this resume. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, when I was working here, I also started um, working for Gawker Media, which mm-hmm. had a travel website called Gridskipper there you go. at Gridskipper. the time. Okay. Yes. Okay. Cool. And um, I, they they said, we need a, an intern who's yep. based in New York. And I had Moxie. And I said, hey, I'm based in LA, but I'm going to be your intern. And they went for it Great. for some reason. Nice. Great. Yeah. And then I worked my way up from that. It was never a full-time gig, but uh, I became the LA editor cool. of Gridskipper and then the guest awesome. editor when the editor-in-chief Great. was out. And that job involved you going to restaurants and eating them and reviewing yes. them, kind of? Yeah. yeah, not necessarily reviewing. It's kind of list-based. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but just knowing the culture. Yeah. And that's part of it, too. I think that you have to – you probably have to love the cultural elements of whatever city you're covering right. because you have to continue to find it interesting <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> day after day yeah, and right. find ways to talk about it. Yes. Um, so – there was a point where I was the LA editor of Gridskipper and I was the dining editor at um, Metro Mix. Okay, wow. I see where this is going uh-huh. now. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Yeah, All these so credits I think, start to keep gelling. Yes. And also I think 2008, mm-hmm. maybe 2009, mm-hmm. I made more money than I've ever made to this day. Mm-hmm. And then everyone was like, done. Done. Money's right. done now. Yep. It's over. There's right. no money in yeah. writing now. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're finished with that. Yeah. <laughs> so what had seemed like this um, easy career trajectory yeah. just ended. And also you'll notice that neither Metromix nor Gridskipper exists yes. right. at all right. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. That reminds me a lot of Dave Chilling. We had a friend of ours who just covered the NBA Finals mm-hmm. and he's a sports reporter. And yep. We had the same question where it's like, how does one – get their voice because like even if you are a sports fan even if you are a fan of food how do you even have someone say like i want to hear your opinion on it in yeah. the first place? Mm-hmm. and what my takeaway is just get in the building yes don't I think so it's not like like specifically track this one right like until you have your end result right just jam your foot in the, in the building yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. A, and that's like a good tip for a, a lot of our listeners are like i want to write i want to be a sports writer i want to be a journalism and it's like, well, get in the building. Yeah. That feels like a nice, big, broad Zero point one. Yeah. 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 Um, Do you still feel the same way about food? Like you talk about j- journalists sort of being an objective 
removing yourself, removing Catherine's personality. Do you, do you have your feelings evolved on that? Because like yeah. someone like Jonathan Gold or like an Anthony Bourdain, that was the whole, the brand or the joy or some of like the pleasure of reading their work was th- how thoroughly injected their ethos and personality was. Yeah, it yeah. took me a long time, but I, I think that it's what I thought was an issue of doing it correctly or incorrectly isn't that. Yeah. It's just a different way of doing yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And there is some value to some, well, the hard thing, of course, is that like who would dare compare themselves to Jonathan Gold or right. Anthony well, Bourdain? Right, right. They like I'd they probably were... consider myself <laughs> Anthony Bourdain, same height. Bourdain a podcast. I imagine I'm going to age into the same kind of skull and hair. <laughs> the hair, you honestly, honestly, Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. the same kind of skull and hair. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I get that it's an asshole move to say I consider myself a little bit like but Anthony Bourdain, but here we are. Age into looking like him a little bit. I said tits in the first act. Okay, okay. anything's you possible. You are a bad boy. I'm separate. Oh, a bad boy. Basically, the yes. internet's bad boy right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Boy. Okay. Yeah. But it is a true. different way of approaching it. It's a sort of – yeah, yeah. I think it's like there's some people who really want to identify with the person yeah, and say right. like, I've always liked everything they've liked. Totally. Yes. So I'm on board. Yes. Yeah. Um, also, there's hate clicks. You know, there's also like I can't stand this person and I'm like, got to see why I yeah. hate them today. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Saying exactly. how um, it felt like 20 years ago or so, people could – Magazines would send you out. They pay for all your expenses. Mm-hmm. You come back with the story. Mm-hmm. It really feels like it's traveling the same track as all media today, which is like get rid of writers, make video, make video content. And so it feels like food culture right now is almost, to me, saturated almost to death. Where it's like all these people are now going on adventures. There's yeah. like so many programs on Netflix of like what's eating Phil and mm-hmm. Chef's Table and this and just like Chef. Culture and celebrity, mm-hmm. it feels like that has taken over the, I went to Antigua for three days, and this is what I learned. That was, now, <laughs> now we watch a 60-minute episode of that. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. It feels like that's what's replaced it. And I don't know if that's good for the culture, bad for the culture, but... I think I think it's always tied up in so many things. Like I actually think part of the reason food became part of pop culture, which is a relatively new way of looking at it, right. is because of the recession and people weren't looking at season tickets to the opera right. anymore. Uh, Just going out to dinner became that a was big the deal. thing. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And didn't John of the Gold pop the Koji truck? Didn't he like? Didn't he like really kind of put it on the map? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Is that Roy Choi? Mm-hmm. Yes, that yeah. is Roy Choi. Right? Well, yeah. There's also sometimes an element, and this isn't specific to Jonathan Gold, but sometimes people uh, with a blog that they update once every two months will stumble upon gold. <laughs> and then, and by gold, I mean good things, not Jonathan Gold. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and yeah. and um, maybe somehow a, a, a writer with a bigger audience comes across that blog post yes. or what have you. That is something that I think about a lot yeah. is the whole um, influencer yeah. game. Okay. Those influencers who actually make money, yes. they they found it somewhere else. Yeah. What <laughs> so do you mean they found it somewhere else? They're not doing the footwork. They're doing the click work. Mm-hmm. They're looking. What do you mean seeing... exactly? I'm curious. So, um, for instance, if I uh, prior to LA Weekly, mm-hmm. I was at KCET, which is a public television mm-hmm. station here, mm-hmm. and I was running the food blog for mm-hmm. them. And I don't think it had, like, the hugest audience Mm -hmm. as these things go. But sometimes I would write something that no one else had written. Mm -hmm. And then six months later, something like the New York Times would write about it. Mm -hmm. So, of course, there's groupthink. And Mm -hmm. when things are good, lots of people notice it. That's right. But I do think that an easy way to discover things is to look at who else has discovered it already. The initial legwork is already done. Right. Okay. And a big fish comes and sort of takes the small fish's work and be like, and we found this restaurant. We're the New York Times. Yes. That's something that you dealt with? with as a food writer a bunch? I've 
it's so hard and it would be so arrogant to be like, well, I did this right. oh, and you copied me. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I yeah. see commercials on television every day where I'm like, well, I, I wrote that, idea. that yes. same exact yeah, thing yeah. for yeah. sailing team four yes. years ago. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I have noticed, actually, there was something recently, uh, an article that I wrote right mm. before I was laid off from LA Weekly. Mm. And I was, I know I'm the only publication to have written about it. Mm. And then this other glossier publication wrote about it. And there was one line that was like, I had been hearing. And I was like, you read my article and it wouldn't have cost you anything to link Cite to me. it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's actually part of what I think people need to, mm. this sense of like, I found it. Yes. Well, no, you didn't because the people who started the restaurant Cite found your it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also that's, let's share. Yes. You know, if you're like, I read about this thing, it literally doesn't hurt you to just Cite add the hyperlink. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is an ego thing, right? Because you sort of want that writer kind of wants the credit for being the discoverer. Absolutely. Or, Absolutely. As, yeah. as you should. I right. Yeah. Right. Any work you do, you should have appropriate credit for. Yes. Um, second act break, fellas. Okay. Fellas. So, excuse me, uh, folks. Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> folks, um, <laughs> What do you think? What do we think? Cheating. Stealing. Stealing. I'm just saying. Cheating. Yeah, you probably thought we were just going to talk about tacos. There's like a tacos. We're talking tacos in the third act. <laughs> so don't, don't you? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm thinking creeping. I'm thinking TLC's creep. But, well, that's a so all time creep. great. Yeah. yeah. Keep it on the <laughs> Throw it on, DJ. Throw Should it on, Bill. Please. All right.
Welcome back to the No Joke Podcast. We are talking with Catherine Spires, and we were just listening to TLC's Creep. I'm not going to spoil anything. Quick question. Has everyone in the room seen Sorry to Bother You? I, ha- I Adam, the have Boots seen Riley Sorry to Bother You. I have Sorry not seen it. Oh, do you no. have any intent of seeing it in the next few weeks? You can spoil it. Okay. okay. <laughs> not really a spoil. Still not spoil. Yeah. But I will say, yes. there, the phrase left eye comes yes. up. You're familiar with left yes. eye, Adam? Yes. And they do something to their left eye. Yes. Is that an acknowledgement of Lisa Left Eye Lopez? In my opinion, 1,000%. There's no correlation to that thing in that movie. It was like a hat tip. To me, it was like a, a cultural so? nod. A little bit. Okay. A little bit. I'm curious if any of the listeners of No Joke Pod have seen Sorry to Bother You and had the same feeling that we had Is about this the phrase reference? left eye. Yeah. If you did, no joke pod at Gmail. Uh, no joke pod on Twitter. We're always here to talk Lisa to you Left Eye Lopez could be the subject of an entirely new podcast. Oh, really? She has lived a fascinating life. She burned down Andre Ryzen's house. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing, Adam. <laughs> I guess maybe that's the entirety of the podcast. Right. I think I she didn't the whole chase waterfalls and she burned down an NFL and player's house. She wore a condom on her left eye. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Third act of the No Joke podcast. Yes. We are here with Catherine Spires. Yes. Um, Catherine, you've done some interesting things. Most recently, 99 Tacos? Talk me. Uh, the, so. The, I did something that we called the Rogue 99. Yeah, go on. Here's the backstory. Please. Yeah. So, <laughs> Settle in, kids. Yeah. There was a annual feature in LA Weekly that had started when Jonathan Gold was the restaurant critic there. And he hadn't been for, I think, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had started it, and it was called the 99 Essential Restaurants mm-hmm. yeah. of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And this was part of what he did so beautifully. It wasn't best he had no interest in best right. <laughs> essential. What it you means gotta try. Exactly. If you there. want to understand Los Angeles, yeah. these are the restaurants you have to go to. Yeah. Am I saying the food is going to blow your mind every time? Absolutely not. Right. And that was something that a lot of people, a lot of hmm. readers struggled with. They'd go to a place right. and be like, but I've had better this. And it was like, you're missing the point. Yeah. Kind of aggressively missing the point yeah. sometimes. I right. felt like, you know, people only say mean things on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> you be like, okay, yeah. you're angry, yeah, yeah. but I think you may, something may have gone over your head. about here. kimchi. You're mad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, he, I believe that uh, LA Weekly owned the trademarked phrase 99 Essential Restaurants of Los Angeles mm-hmm. or okay. some, some of some those per, words. Yeah. <laughs> so, the word 99. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so when Jonathan Gold went back to the LA Times, he, he switched a couple times between the Weekly and the mm-hmm. Times, but he had gone to the LA Times about four years prior mm-hmm. and he didn't take that phrase mm. with him. So LA Weekly continued it with their next restaurant critic, Besha Rodell, who was the one that I worked with mm-hmm. um, before. Well, she had left a few months prior to us all mm-hmm. getting the cut by Trump voters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yes. so immediately after um, I was fired, I emailed all my regular writers. Yep. And I was like, this is what has happened. Yep. I have no news for you. Yep. Um, please keep in touch. And um, a woman who doesn't actually do that much writing but is so good at it when she does. Her name is Tin Win. She's like... Tin Win? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, you know, it'd be pretty cool like if we did like a Rogue 99. And for her, it was a Star Wars joke. Rogue but, One. Yes. I get it. Yep. But I didn't know that. <laughs> you were like, I was just like, that's badass. Like punk rock? Rogue, <laughs> yeah. like punk ass rock? Yeah. I like that word. Yeah. 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 I don't <laughs> know what your idea is, but let's use that word. Yeah. yeah. Reverse engineer the concept. Also, yeah. what Star Wars? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know what's happening, but I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so she, I was like, well, that's a really cool idea because we didn't know right when these new people bought Ellie Weekly and fired everyone and didn't have replacement employees. We literally didn't know, like, do they intend to keep Ellie Weekly going? Yes. What's their voice? 
voice going to be? What's yes. what's happening? So we thought, since LA is such a food focused city, yep. why not continue a list in that same original spirit? Yeah, of course. Um, so we thought, uh, how should we do it? Should we just post it to Medium so yeah. that it's ours entirely? Yep. And then we thought, no, let's get paid. Yeah. So we brought it to this website called LA Taco. Yes, LA Taco. Yes, and this mm-hmm. is a website that has actually existed for a long time, but last year when LAist went away and LA Weekly essentially went away, mm-hmm. they were like, let's make a go of it. Mm-hmm. So they had a budget for writers. So they let us place um, the Rogue 99 at LA Taco. Beautiful. Okay. I believe it, it, I mean, I know it broke the website. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kim Kardashian the website style. went yeah, down. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so what were you doing? Like in, in the, before writing it, like were you just literally going to all these different spots? Like what was I your... had to go to some restaurants for the first time that okay. I had never been to. Yeah. But this is uh, like if, if you is had to write it... something about uh, basketball, mm-hmm. sure. people would be like, "Well, did you go to a basketball game for the first time?" Mm-hmm. No, you've you've done the thing. Uh, yeah. so I was <laughs> yeah. just wondering if this isn't rooted in being experiential again, or yes. if it's just built on your know-how. Or built on your knowledge of the city. Well, it's my experiences having gone to places before. We also split it up. um, And we also hired two other writers. Because we wanted to have like... As much of a variety of voices as we could have within our budget. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Everyone got yes. paid eight dollars. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, a lot of it was you know there's there's a thing with food writing where for instance. Um, I haven't been to Providence mm-hmm. ever. Rhode Island. <laughs> Correct? Also that, yeah. but the restaurant. Okay. It's a <laughs> seafood it. restaurant. It's probably Los Angeles' like most high-end restaurant. Cool. Okay. And um, I have neither the budget nor the interest <laughs> in necessarily going to places like that, so mm-hmm. I haven't been. Mm-hmm. I know that it belongs on the Essential 99 yes. or the Rogue 99 yes. list. yes. I don't have to be the one to write about it. Yes. Someone who's been there can write about it. But as the editor, I'm like, that's going on the list. You have list. the cultural awareness to be like, that yes, belongs. Yes, exactly. I may not exactly. have been there myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah. And then we just split it up to like places where we had actually been. Yes. And so everyone like covered places yes. that they were familiar right. with. Can I ask you a very sort of pr- process practical question? Yes. When you're eating at a restaurant, are you taking physical notes? No. Okay. <laughs> and you know what's funny is that I've never – I when I was just starting out, sometimes I would take notes and I'd be like, this is – I'm not like, – the, there's too much. And then when I watched it, of gold and he's like I never take notes I was like, like oh. oh well I too am a genius who yeah. never takes notes right. yeah. Yeah. yeah I felt so good about that yes. um, but no I don't because I think it's um, I mean and f- for some people sure they do and yeah. it's just like different processes yeah. for me it's more about like you gotta be in the moment and then remember it yes yep to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the No Joke Podcast. Third act, we like to talk about our future lives with the subject. Yes. So food culture. Yeah. I'm curious. Uh, Adam, you've done some travel in the past couple of years. I've yes. done a little too. Catherine, I assume yes. you may have as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Have you guys ever traveled to a place and eaten a meal or eaten in an environment where you're like, you know what? There's no way I ever could have learned more about this culture than unless I was sitting right here right now experiencing it. i got to be honest. One of the, the meals that like uh, that sort of really leaps to mind is when Billy, you and I and our partners went to Total Santos in Mexico, okay. and we went to that fabulous restaurant that's name escapes me, but it was like very, very sort of magical and beautiful. And like it was the 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 rest the farmers had would sort of grow the food right over here, and the restaurant was sort of all connected to it, and it felt very uh, very Mexican, very Mexican, something sort of very essential about it. Okay, that that is that is one experience that sort of leaps to my mind. Yeah, that was yeah. a restaurant literally dropped in a garden. Yeah, and it was just pretty surreal to be like, okay, they yeah. walk off the deck, they take the food, and then they put it right on our yeah. plate. Yeah, there was something very special. It felt about really, that. really nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you spoke of Morocco. Uh, Marina and I went to Morocco for like two weeks, mm-hmm. and when we were in Marrakesh, which is like the central city, one thing that I was struck by um, was the Riyads, which are basically Moroccan hotels. 
uh, we were like, where do you guys, where do we put food, like, in our Riyadh? And they're like, oh, we don't store food mm. here. We don't store food in this part of Morocco. Mm. We eat out. You, right. you are eating out. Yes. Huh. And so town squares, uh, like, every night, that was the only place. It was just everyone communally mm. ate together. And it was such a, I really had to re- jigger my mind like, to okay. think culturally yeah. about like, oh, there's no food in the house. No one eats all, at home. Although that is a luxury beyond beyond compare right now. Mm-hmm. The food is outside. That's the, the spices are outside and that's where you go and eat. And to me, that really helped me think about the world. I was like, oh, what a modern luxury. Yeah. Like to like look at your cabinet and be like, we have no snacks today. Mm-hmm. It's like we have food in our house. Yeah. And that is like beyond your comprehension yeah. of other countries. Yeah. So I found Morocco and that that just that just opened up my whole cultural awareness yeah. of how much bigger the world is. And yeah. food was such an easy elemental way for me to see how lucky we have it in ways. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Catherine, Absolutely. have you ever experienced anything like that? <laughs> Lots of times. I've been really yeah. lucky to travel a awesome. yeah. amount. But um, actually, just earlier this month, I went on um, a press trip, cool. which I had never done before. I guess speaking back again about my ethics, my yes. changing ethics. Yes. I had never taken a press trip before, but I took one to the country of St. Kitts and Nevis. Which what is, is a press the... trip? I apologize. Oh, it's when um, – someone pays for you and a group of other journalists or what have you yes. <laughs> to go and basically have an all expenses paid experience. Oh, sure. It means you get a lanyard. Place. That's what that means. It means yep. you get a lanyard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you stay in nicer hotels yeah. than you would have otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Understood. Um, so I had never been to the Caribbean before and the whole trip was actually just in Nevis, which is the smaller of the two islands in the country. And um, in what country? I apologize. Uh, St. Kitts and Nevis. That's what it's called. I remember you talking about The Federation of St. Kitts and Nevis. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, also sounds like a Star Wars movie. Ab- yeah, everything, yeah, yeah. everything does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had never had um, Caribbean food, really. Yeah. Not like, really. What is that, like conch? and like? Yes, yeah. some of that. Um, there was so many starches, which really spoke to my soul. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think it's sort of a rare experience. You know, LA has food from almost all over the world. We really don't have like Caribbean food very much. Not as much as we do. Like jerk food? Like jerk Mm -hmm. chicken and stuff? A little bit of that. Like definitely. Well, okay. So (laughs) I was like, this is the best food I've ever had in my life. I want to eat it all the time. And it was, it was the, there's so many herbs that just grow in that environment, that yeah. sort of humid environment. Yeah. There were so many flavors and seasonings that I never like put together or so many in one spot. Something that I have um, learned about in the past few years is that there's like a joke that a lot of black people make that like white hmm. people don't season their food. Right. right. And whenever I've heard that, yes. I've been like, ha. And then I ate Caribbean food and I was oh. like, oh shit, we do not season our food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The line is Another level. Another level. Yeah. Right. Go yeah. to Jamaican, like a Jamaican jerk store. It's like, you guys season these <laughs> yeah. shit. Right, right. We all have exactly. different lines. And yeah. Like, yeah. White people are like soft and boring. Exactly. We get it. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. A little yeah. pepper for me, please. It was yeah. just so funny to me. I was like laughing and eating at the same time because yeah. I was like, this stereotype is 1000% <laughs> true. I love Caribbean food. Yeah. Right. Like, they actually know how to cook and yeah. use all the herbs. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Question Were you raised saying Caribbean? Or Caribbean? I have no idea. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Adam, you? Caribbean. Caribbean? The rib. Were you raised Caribbean or was that a choice you made as a young Adam? Caribbean right. to me sounds other. So I think Caribbean has Got always, it. is my default pronunciation. Second question. Oh, yeah. You're in an elementary school classroom. You're nine years old. The, okay. the student sitting next to you in a desk says Caribbean. Do you correct them? No, but I'm raising an eyebrow. Okay. I'm not correcting him, okay. him or her verbally, but I'm like, huh. 
My eyebrow might have been raised, too. Yeah. I'm Team Carib. Yeah, Carib, uh, yeah. Love Carib. My dad has always, to this day, pronounces mature, mature. What? And no. I still gives me an eyebrow raise. <laughs> he also I know my whole life. And he I'm, also yeah. calls spaghetti and meatballs spags and spags balls. Spags and balls. And I go, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, that's, that's my, a few of my dad's Mature is a choice. <laughs> mature. Still, to this day. Dad. My sister, who is the smartest of us, pronounces vague, vag. <laughs> so she's not the smartest. <laughs> I know. In all and ways. <laughs> You seed your crown. I'm vaguely concerned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't know why she does it, but Sorry. it continues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of freaking confused. Yeah. That's a choice. Yeah. It is. That's so a choice. Many choices. Oh my gosh. Um, we only have a few minutes left. We actually only have one minute left. Great. Um, I would just be remiss, and, and not to get uh, overly sentimental. Yes. But the Jonathan Golden news really hit me hard. Yeah. And also so did Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. And Anthony Bourdain was one of those people that I had to kind of stumble into his show a little bit. And the more I started reading Kitchen Confidential and his love of the busboys and the people whose hands get dirty so that you can have a pristine plate of food in front of you. Yes. I think there's just something very special that needs to be recognized about these two men and how they never made their shows or their programming or their writing about them. Mm-hmm. They always tried to shine a light on the other people out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a lesson that we can all take. Yep. And I encourage everyone to watch City of Gold, No Reservations, any other show, Parts Unknown. Mm-hmm. Just try and study their spirit mm-hmm. for a second. I think that their knowledge and intensity and writing is all wonderful. Mm-hmm. But their spirit, I think, is something that we can all take away. And I it's agree. curious. It's curious. And it's respectful. And it just wants to learn more. Yeah. And th- we close ourselves off the more and more that time goes on. We try and find our own safe spaces. But they didn't. They actively moved forward and they mm-hmm. actively seeked new information. Yeah. And as they passed away, it's revealed that it has made the world a better place. Yeah. So I think we can all carry that lesson with us. And rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain, and rest in peace, Jonathan Gold. Absolutely. They deserve it and they deserve our respect and you guys should learn about them. I always thought it was fascinating too that Anthony Bourdain like traveled the world by traveling the world. And it did a little bit seem like Jonathan Gold traveled the world by going down Pico Boulevard right. for a year. And, and we can do the way that he did We that. can do either of those. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We all live in a neighborhood where there are people who we haven't met yet. Yeah. yeah. And we can move forward and I need to be better at it as well. But yeah. I do think that there's something special and should be recognized on this episode. Yes. So that, that was so beautiful. I teared up a little bit, Billy. That Cheers. was amazing. Yeah. I mean, they're special people, and they should be recognized that way. Absolutely. And we can carry their spirit with us if we try. By putting a little spice on your goddamn food, for God's sake. <laughs> right, yeah, right. For once Jesus, in your white life. For once in your white life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whiteies. <laughs> Whiteies. <laughs> Welcome for, to For Once in Your White Life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be a good show. <laughs> well, for the, unse- for the three unseasoned white people in the studio... <laughs> That was this episode of the Food Culture No Joke Podcast. Catherine, thank, thank you, you Catherine. so much for coming Thanks on. so much this for having me. a real me. treat. You rock. Uh, plug some stuff. Yes, please. Where can oh, I find you? Uh, so my podcast is called Smart Mouth. Yes. And so that's on all the social media. Smart mm-hmm. Mouth is two words. Mm-hmm. And then um, personally on Twitter at Catherine Spires. On Instagram, so sadly, as Catherine underscore Spires. <laughs> underscore. Someone yeah. beat you there. <laughs> yeah. Someone beat you there. Yeah. Happens, <laughs> happens to the best of us. We've all, we've all been there. We were also appeared on Smart Mouth. So yes. if you're looking to hear us talk about the Crewbin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The Cuban sandwich Absolutely. meets Ruben. Yeah, yeah, if you need to Google it, it's uh, Cuban sandwiches is how I call it. But yes, Cuban. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Cuban sandwiches, smart mouth. You can find me and Adam there. Yep. Yep. Otherwise, this is the No Joke Podcast. Thanks for listening. I am Billy Scafiri. I'm Adam Lustig. And like always, we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much. That was a HeadGum Podcast.